You're listening to the More of What Matters podcast, honest conversations for daring women. Hi, friends. Okay, I... Okay, I think sometimes we're most nervous before we, in my case, press play on something that we know we're going to be sharing with a distinct level of vulnerability because we know that there is purpose behind it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it, right? So anything that makes you feel vulnerable, you're not going to do unless there is a resounding reason or purpose. And in my case with this, my purpose in sharing some of this with you is that I hope that, number one, I hope it helps connect us. I hope it brings some level of just connection where you know that I'm going through things that you might be going through or that you've gone through and we can talk about it. So number one, I hope to hear from you if any of this connects. Uh, Number two, I am not only, you know, thoughtful in the way in which I share, but also in the way in which I am learning. So there's things about what I'm going to share that I'll actually kind of sift through some of my biggest key takeaways from this experience and share with you in hopes that maybe if it's not something you're currently navigating or have not had to navigate yet in your leadership journey of any type, whether it's motherhood or in an office or as an entrepreneur, that I can shed some light and give you things to think about. So I I don't mean to make any of this sound dramatic. I think it's actually really good to share hard stuff because I always appreciate when people are open about that. Um, and, you know, when I was in my 20s, I would say I was not open about that. It was it was hard for me to understand the value of doing that, probably because in your 20s, so much of the time you're trying to prove that you're older and wiser than you really are. And that was advice given to me to ditch that, you know, need for proving and ask better questions. And as soon as I started doing that, it's funny, this next chapter of success really took off in my life. So I credit a lot to having made mistakes and then chosen a different way and being willing to listen to good feedback and to listen to good advice. I think you're going to get a lot of advice in your life that is not always good, Um, not always rooted in good, meaning yeah, maybe there's ulterior motive or whatever, but you know, even with ulterior motive, sometimes advice can still be good. I I remember thinking at times in receiving feedback in my corporate career, you know, it felt like they were looking for stuff to um, be critical of. And in retrospect, I can see, you know, it is the purpose of performance reviews to have feedback. And So in my 20s, I thought that. I I can't say that I would have continued to feel that way um, later in my career, but I think that's a pretty common response to getting feedback. And when you you self-assess some of the patterns that you personally navigate in your life, and maybe it's in your career, maybe it's in your relationships, your friendships, whatever patterns you see forming, it's super healthy to first look in the mirror. It's so healthy. It's actually necessary if you want to break a pattern because 
The problem with the pattern is that it is now really a habit by the time you start to notice. So whether good or bad, it is now a habit. And it's not to say that all patterns need to be broken. It's not to say you should be the sporadic person that has no pattern of which they live. In fact, I actually believe quite the opposite. It's really important to have a set of values that guide you that anyone, anytime would go, you know what, that does not sound like Andrea. That does not like sound like something Andrea would do or say or think or, you know, whatever. And that's really important because when people know you well, the values should not be hidden from view. They should be very clear. Um, so someone who knows me, I would hope that they could accurately describe the type of person I am. That's, that is the true goal of authenticity, right? It's a little different when you're talking about the online space because I think people have a tendency, number one, on the, on the outside pointed side, there's this desire to control perception sometimes. And that can be for healthy reasons, like, you know, setting boundaries of what you do and don't post about and how much access you give people to your life and all those things, right? So there's a healthy amount. But on the receiving side, there can be a missed glimpse into thinking we know what people are really going through. And this um, just belief that you know people's intentions and you know who they are and you just, you get full access to them. The perception is you get full access to them even when you obviously don't because that's not all of their life. <laughs> no one's full life is on social media, even those who claim to do all the behind the scenes stuff. It's just, there's no possible way. However, what happens when people do believe they know about your whole life on social media, even when they may not, is they might, there is definitely a tendency to be less grace-filled and more critical. And one of the things that I notice in myself is that I am much more understanding when people share the hard that they're going through because it makes me remember, reminds me that everyone is going through a lot of stuff. And of course, nobody would expect you to air all of that on social media or publicly. But when little reminders are put out there, it's very healthy. So all to say, I just was really inspired when a friend shared over the summer that her girls the year prior had, um, had a little bit of a slip over the summer, like the typical summer slide that you hear about in their reading and their, you know, their progress they had been making academically in the previous school year had really slid over the previous summer. And she was choosing to do something differently about it that upcoming summer. And she shared this really cute picture of them at the library and getting their books and just with intentionality and very poised wrote this post. And I just, I loved it because it was so, it was so good because it brought people in to like, oh, we've all been there. We totally know what that feels like to not want your kids to forget things that they've learned that year and to build on what they've learned and to develop their confidence and their love for reading and all these things. And it just really made me immediately connect with her in a new way, in a way that I would have never known 
had she not shared that glimpse. So I, I say all that because those are the kind of moments that make you stop and especially in motherhood, remind you that that is such a big part of our role as mothers is we are the story keepers. <laughs> we are those that often are reminding our family of a memory or do you remember when we did this? Do you remember that silly picture that we took? And you remember that funny moment where grandpa made that face and then we all started, you know, giggling and we are the story keepers for our families. And so it's important to remember stories that impact you too. I think it's easy to remember stories for our children or our husbands, but I really like to pause and remember stories that impact me so that I can have the lasting impact of that lesson, of that story. And in this case, I'm just choosing to share it publicly on a podcast. So definitely don't need to share things like this always publicly on a podcast. But in my case, after a lot of prayer and thinking about it, I just decided to do it because I think it might help someone. So, okay, one of the things that <clears throat> you should know about me is that I have a really, really healthy business with a um, direct sales brand. And I shouldn't even say it that way. It's a skincare brand, hair care brand in the direct sales channel. And I'm obsessed. I love the work. I love my team. I love my customers. I love the founders. I love the business. And the reason I love the business is not because I ever thought I'd be in a business like this, but because it allows me to operate um, both as an independent, like as an entrepreneur, but also part of a collective of others. So I have found um, this out about myself. I work really well on my own where I can set my own pace and go, you know, full kilter, you know, when I, when I can and when I want to, and then also have the flexibility to set my own and adjust my pace as needed with my family. I think a lot of people probably operate well with that, but the difference here is that when I need to go all out, I have it very dialed in to be able to do that. And I know that that motivation is not external because I have done it for over 10 years. So if it was an external motivation, then that would be short-lived. And that's actually why you probably see a higher turnover in a business like this one is that a lot of times you are externally motivated and it's healthy to be externally motivated with some pieces. But if you're whole business, if your whole identity as a business owner is external motivation, you're going to go through seasons where there's not much external motivation to be had and you're not going to go out and find it, right? You're going to have to internally create purpose that is beyond just motivation. So I say all this because I love the connectedness. I love the leadership. I love the personal development that it has set me on a path towards. I love the way it challenges me. I love the way it makes me have to think creatively. I'm very all in. Like I'm very dialed in. I put a lot of um, intention to how I do what I do and care behind it. I don't do things halfway. I really attempt to not do it that way. 
no one's perfect. And I'm certainly not going to say that I've always done it perfectly because that would be silly for anyone to say. But I know in my gut that I, I care far beyond average. And so a lot of times I read things through the lens of assuming others are going to meet me there. And it's healthy to assume that because I think sometimes if you run the opposite, you risk um, being a downer, to be honest. I don't know a better term for it offhand is like you run the risk of just constantly being a complainer and looking for the problem and not being willing to address the problem because it's just like, oh, one more thing. Like that's, I have always steered so clear from that, that a lot of times I don't even, I don't keep people like that in my close circle because it is very draining. And I've learned that about myself. I certainly learned that in my years in a corporate setting. And then of course in entrepreneurship, because obviously I have a little bit more freedom to kind of curate who I work with um, in the sense that if someone is very draining for me, I can distance myself a little bit. And that's, you know, word of advice, pay attention to that because if you're feeling drained and you don't know why, I would first look at who you talk to the most absolutely is going to be a key factor. I know when I talk to somebody who is extremely dialed in mentally in a place of growth mindset, can see possibilities, I'm immediately lit up. And so, of course, the opposite can be true. And if you continually find things that are wrong and are not going well, or it kind of like creates this snowball effect of the opposite of what you want, but you kind of create more of what you don't want. That's a very, it's a very um, toxic, it's like actually kind of like a hazard to be around that because even if that isn't how you are processing that information, if someone else near you is, you will start to catch a lot of that perspective, whether it's yours or not, because you'll just kind of catch it. So I've been a part of groups that that's been a struggle before. I've been a part of work groups that I've noticed kind of take that turn. I've been in messenger threads that go that way. I've been in friend groups that go that way. I've seen it play out a lot of different times. And what I notice about myself is that I first, I first try to create repair options. Um, and this is what I do in my business as well. So I will, I will hear what's being said and I will try to say, hey, but you know what, if they make this kind of adjustment, I think that this is going to be a positive change. I like, I think they're hearing that feedback and I think it'll be a good adjustment and then we'll see how it plays out. But like, I'm going to always give people the benefit of the doubt. Some people don't want you to give people the benefit of the, the doubt. And I'm going to say this because I have experienced this as a friend a lot in my life is that when you give someone the benefit of the doubt, sometimes that gets in the way of other people gossiping and they don't like that because they don't want to be stopped. <laughs> and oh, that is hard because then it kind of points it towards you. So I'll give you this example because I've been in a friend group before that really 
had a habit of quickly talking about others. And, um, you know, when I was kind of on the outside of that friend group looking in, I could see it. And then when I was in the inside of that friend group, you're a little bit less able to see it because you're in it. And even though I wasn't partaking in a lot of it, I felt it, you know, like I could feel other people's opinions always in my mind. And I didn't love that because that gets in the way of real relationships. Um, it can make you a little naive too, let's be real, because sometimes like people are sharing with you valuable information that actually can help you align with people correctly in terms of people that are like you and not like you, and you get a better sense of character. But the problem with that is, is if you are a part of the gossip, then you are no different than the gossip. And I've just always seen that so clearly. So a lot of times what I feel like when I'm around that is that I feel a pulling back. And in this particular friend group years ago, I I observed that in me. So I said something one time that was like, well, you know, everyone has a lot going on and maybe we're only seeing this one element. And you know, in the moment, I could kind of see the body language shift. It was like, oh, wait, stop talking that way because you're getting in the way of me being able to freely talk about this person. Because now if you're giving them a permission slip as to why they're acting this way, I no longer like you as much because I can't talk about this person as much. And that was really my first recognition of like, oh, okay, so this is now shifting to eyes on me by saying something that was rerouting the conversation. So that was an observation. This, like I said, was years ago. But then once I noticed that this was truly a pattern, I had a decision to make. Like I had to decide how much was I willing to be associated with that pattern. And the the reality is I didn't want to be associated with that pattern. Um, People are are only one way once they know that about you. Because, you know, it's hard to fully let your guard down once you think other people are judging you in some way. And so I recognize that. It's it's fair to say that maybe they felt some judgment from the comment that I made about the gossip. But it wasn't directed towards them. It was directed to the person they were gossiping about. And I was trying to create space for that person that maybe what they knew wasn't the full story. And I think once there is a little bit of a distance there, it's hard to go back because there's no longer that safety of like, okay, we can talk about anything with this person. Sometimes the ability to talk about anything is a slippery slope because the truth is, if we can talk about anything, then we should be able to talk about why are you gossiping? But that's not always true, right? So, and I'm, I'm saying all of this to lay the foundation of, I have been in situations where I have had to play a role that I didn't always want to play, but it was, it was the truth. Meaning, Being a leader does not always mean getting the glory. Um, Maybe from the outside, that will be what people see. But 
it is definitely more than that. And one of the things that falls on your shoulders as you lead others or indirectly or directly is there's an expectancy that goes along with that sometimes unspoken expectancy that um, people just want to know that you understand what they're going through and see it their way. The problem is as a leader, you you may be trying to also help them see it differently because you see the the missed opportunity that can happen when you don't point out alternatives. And I I always struggle with that. I have struggled with that many times in my career where it's like, when is it too soon to offer a solution and just letting somebody vent and talk and wanting to get in and solve and or pointing out the progress that has been made and that we're on the path towards, you know, something better. And the reason I say this is because it's it's fair to say that I am a positive person, but it's also fair to say that I am very forward focused. And I think it's important to distinguish the difference because I think there's people that kind of land on this being positive as a negative sometimes where it's like, oh, all they are is positive. Uh, they don't leave space for criticism or whatever. And I would say that that could be that would that could be a problem if there's no space for feedback or criticism or critique. But there is a difference between that and being so forward focused that you don't stay stuck. And I feel like I have really taken that leap, especially in the last few years. And I attribute a lot of it, honestly, to maturing as a parent because there are some things that kind of force your hand with having to. Um, and this was one of the areas that I feel like it kind of forced me into. Because um, not everything is perfect. And as a parent, you can't control every situation and you can't make everything positive and it can't be always glowing. But if you're present focused and future focused, you're always looking for how can I make the future better? How can I help them make that path forward the best it can be, right? So that's where my brain goes. And I make that leap very quickly. And I want to just give you permission to think differently about this notion of being positive. Because what if the goal wasn't to be positive, but it was to be present and future focused? So rather than like being only past focused, right? Like keeping a laundry list of all the things that are wrong, that's not healthy. You can see it. It's not healthy in friendship. It's not fr healthy in romantic relationships, coworker relationships, really any. Because if you're only keeping a record of all the things that are wrong, you don't leave much margin for future, but you also are holding on to all that, which is, it's going to suck the life out of you. But then you have this present focus, which is very true, especially as a leader. You have to be very in tune with the present to be able to make positive change, right? So you have to be understanding and in it enough to know what is the present temperature. But you can't stay there either because if you only stay there, then all you are is understanding. And I don't say that as a diminishment 
but it doesn't move the needle forward. And it's actually probably the reason I love coaching so much. And I love the work I get to do with coaching others because coaching is taking the present and getting getting a complete understanding and assessment of the present and tapping into the future, laying out a plan and framework that moves you forward. And the number one reason somebody won't see success in their goals, you know, one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, is how committed are you to moving out of your present and into your future? You'd be surprised. A lot of people don't actually want to make that leap. And it's not because they don't think they want the goal that they set for themselves. And it has much more to do with the scary middle of the present to the future. Because that's nobody talks about that. Like that leap is unknown because it it is all unknown. Future is is ambiguous to most people, that the notion of that. And so if you're operating as a leader in a more future focused mindset, you might be looking for a lot of reliance on finding solutions and reframing the perspective so it, it can allow someone to move forward. And a healthy dose of not getting bogged down in the present has to exist to be future focused. And I know this about myself now. I've been through enough examples of this. I've been given enough growth opportunities to learn that this is a gift that I possess, but it's also been hard because it isn't always received as a gift. Um, Sometimes people get frustrated that you are looking ahead and trying to see the good that's ahead because that gets in the way of the present frustrations or complaining or gossip or whatever it is, right? So if you're talking about friendships, it could be more on the gossip front. If you're talking about work relationships, it could be more on the, yeah, I just want to vent. Um, and and I can understand um, sometimes we all need that, you know? So I, I'm the first to say this is not an always scenario. Nobody is always future focused. Somebody is not always present focused. But we all have our tendencies. And... So what I'm learning in this season is to meet people where they are and to understand that where someone is is because of where they come from and also because where they they want to be in this moment. Meaning someone might actually not want to be past focused, but they've never learned how to not be. So until they're willing to learn something new or stretch in a new way, they may always stay there. And not always because they want to, but because they haven't assessed that that's what's keeping them stuck, perhaps. But also it could be that there's safety in staying where you've been because safety possesses a known factor. The known, even though it's hard, sometimes is more attractive. And so if you're running into conflict, maybe repeated conflict, I want you to think about it this way. Are you willing to see it from a different perspective? Are you willing to be wrong? Are you willing to take the time to hear someone out? Are you willing to admit that their perspective has value? And if the answer to any of those is no, then 
there probably isn't going to be a joining together and moving forward together because that it really takes the willingness to do that as a leader. Now, if you're not the leader and you're on the other side of that where um, you don't feel heard or you don't feel appreciated or valued or your opinion counts, my encouragement would be to look at it from the standpoint of how can I move forward even in the midst of that and make it a positive thing for myself? Because sometimes we put on the responsibility of too many others and it can be actually really hard to move forward if we're putting on all of that weight on our own shoulders. And once one thing I've learned is the courage of one to take a bold step and say, you know what, I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to be part of the positive solution here. I'm going to reframe how I look at this and I'm going to see the good because I know that that is just as just as palpable for others and it spreads quickly when people aren't expecting it. And so one of the the lessons I've been learning in this season is that I am not the perfect leader. I'm not the perfect leader for myself. I'm not the perfect leader for my kids. I am not the perfect leader for my business. I am not the perfect leader for my team. I am a willing to learn and grow leader. And not enough people talk about that not everyone is going to appreciate the learning and growing part of that journey. Um, Because sometimes it involves messiness. Sometimes it involves having been wrong and having to go back and make changes or make adjustments. Um, Sometimes it has to do with pride, like not wanting other people to see that you have felt that before. Um, And I don't say this to be like, oh, poor me. Like nothing, nothing about how I share here hopefully sounds like I've ever believed I was perfect because um, I'm pretty grounded in that standpoint. But I think sometimes moments happen where you're like, okay, I didn't know how to handle this. And so I probably would have handled it differently now with a little bit more maturity and a little bit more perspective. But I also wouldn't be the leader I am today without those experiences. And I would say anyone who speaks on stages about leadership, when thoughtful about it, would say the same thing. Because really, how do you, there's no PhD in leadership without having navigated some things. You can't you can't possibly hold yourself to an impossible standard without having some hard knocks along the way. So the reason I share this is because I think it's important. Like you might see purely success on social media. You might see purely highlights of great things. And I want you to see that because it's true. Like those things might, you know, might inspire you to take action on your dreams. I hope it does. And at the same token, I think it's important that you hear that the road to get to some of these milestones involves being humbled. It involves being humble enough to say when things haven't been perfect. It takes humility to say, I'm learning about myself continually and how I can best be a friend, um, 
support system, mom, business owner, you name it, because we are multiple things. None of us just are one identity, right? Um, And so when I am very intentional about fueling my heart, mind, and soul properly, meaning being well-fed with faith and God at the center point, a lot of things just work so much better. And if you if you operate from a similar place, I would say take an assessment of how that's going. Um, we're very critical to say, like, I just, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. We actually shouldn't be the ones that we're going to for all the answers. Um, I don't have all the answers. I don't plan to ever have all the answers. And I think it's unhealthy to assume any one person does. So rather than putting someone or yourself on a pedestal to expect that, my encouragement would be to carve out more space to to do the work of aligning yourself in a grounded faith center so that you are not out looking for the answer to come from someone else or yourself. It's so... It's actually an addiction that we have as a culture to want to be inspired by someone else, to go looking for it instead of saying, I know the truth. I know where the source of truth comes from. And it's not from the best motivational speaker on the planet or the best leader in the world or the best coworker, the best boss or my spouse. It actually is none of those places that you can go to find it truly. And I think that takes some of the pressure off. And if you're listening and you are a leader of any sort, which I imagine most of you are in parts of your life, to take some of that weight off of your own shoulders is really healthy for those that you lead because it doesn't make you the best leader to add to the leadership pressure that you feel. In fact, I think a lot of times it takes us to a place of kind of fear and scarcity and like the responses and all of that are just never our best selves. And so my encouragement would be to like dial it into what is at the core of your value system? How do you stay true to that? How do you keep that at the center? And then how do you realign when you feel off so that you don't get too far off that you can't come back to center? You're never too far off. Let's just, let's just speak truth here. You're never too far gone to come back to center or maybe come back to the first, for the very first time to a, to a new center, to the center of Christ and ultimate forgiveness. And you don't have to be perfect to be in a position of leadership. You don't need to be perfect to lead a family. You don't need to be perfect to lead a business or lead a team, but you do need to be willing. And being willing means you look to the past you live in the present, and you move towards a better future. And that is what I'm learning in this season. And I hope this encouragement hits you at the right moment and gives you something new to consider. And I can't wait to hear what you have to think after you listen. Because really, this is, this is surely for yeah me to tell, but it's more about you. And If this helps you in any way to tap into more of what matters in your life, then this has all been worth it. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with me today on the More of What Matters podcast. I hope you're taking away some really powerful insights from this episode. I'd love to hear how you're going to apply the inspiration you received today to your own life. Feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'm at always a and follow the show more of what matters podcast to let me know what's leaving you lit up so I can cheer you on. If you haven't done so already, could you take a moment to subscribe to this show and leave a rating or review? You have no idea how much every single action helps this podcast grow and thrive. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, there's never a better time than now to pursue more of what matters.